0: Welcome to the Christian Coach Podcast. Our mission is to serve coaches through conversations so they can lead like Jesus. I am your co-host Chad Simpson and I'm joined by my co-host Gian Lemmy.
1: Hey Chad, this interview this week was phenomenal and I could definitely relate um, to our guest today, Lee DeLeon. He mentioned that he didn't like reading but forced himself to because as I believe we've mentioned before that leaders are readers. Um, and I hated reading. I also didn't like reading when I was younger and as I grew older I saw the the need and the, and the benefits of reading constantly and now for the last three four years I've read more than 200 books. Wow
0: yeah I'm a little bit the same where my mom tried to pay me to, to read a book when I was little wouldn't do it and all through literature class through high school just relied on spark notes. I um, probably read my first Uh, real real book when I was like 16 or 17 and now I I love to read it as well just to to learn and and grow but
1: Now I know why you're so broke when I met you at Liberty.
0: There you go. Should have read a little bit more but uh, Super excited. We got Lee de Leon. It's our second athletic director that we've had on this podcast a little bit about Lee he um, had some stops uh, in administration at the University of Houston, Arizona University of New Mexico, and then he was the youngest um, Division one athletic director to be hired at, at, at Abilene Christian at the age of 33 years old. Um, he spent some time at Purdue and he's now the uh, Deputy AD at the University of Louisiana, the Ragin Cajuns, and he also has a, a ministry uh, he's the president of for ads for Christ, and just this has been booming. He tells a little bit about that story of how it got started and and what they're doing now. And coach, we just cannot wait for you to hear more uh, about Lee and his story. And we're going to get into it right now. Lee De Leon, it's so good to have you on the Christian Coach Podcast. We're thankful for your time, and and I know that uh, by profession you're you're not a coach, but uh, to me, anyone that's uh, mentors, that teaches, and that walks alongside others is a, a coach, and uh, I know you're doing that through President 80s uh, for Christ and uh, and in your home, but just want to hear from you, and uh, what does it mean to you to be a Christian coach?
2: Well, Chad, thanks for having me on this podcast. Really flattered and, and humbled and honored to be here and excited to participate and really proud of you and, and the ministry that you have going. I think it's awesome what you're doing, and so uh, excited to share a little bit about my story and my experiences. But uh, as far as a Christian coach, man, it's someone that, that wants to honor God with the way that they uh, teach and coach and, and wants to impact lives uh, athletically and uh, spiritually as well and personally. and um, But someone that really is looking to make an, an eternal impact on people also, that, that cares about their salvation uh, more than their stats. And someone that really is trying to love on people and, and and help them grow into men and women of god so that's what i think christian coaches are man when you see one uh, it is a beautiful thing they they make such a huge impact on people's lives and, and have such an op- awesome ministry and uh, i love being around them and i think it's uh, for all the coaches out there listening man keep on doing the lord's work
0: and for you uh just curious about your story. Can you tell me what was going on in, in your life uh, leading up to when you decided to, to follow Jesus as your Lord and savior? Yeah, Chad, I grew up
2: in a Christian household. Um, my dad was Catholic, my mom was uh, Protestant, um, but it was really odd. They they went to separate churches on Sundays. And so I, I went to mass my whole life and, and grew up Catholic and went to a Catholic high school, went to Notre Dame for college. And, and after you know all those years of, of Catholic education and, and, and going to mass, I, I went to AM and from my grad school and met my wife, Lacey, and she took me to her church, which was a Baptist church. And I'd never set foot in a non-Catholic church before. And I immediately just felt at home and felt at peace and was so inspired um, by that experience. Uh, we got married and then I joined the, the Baptist church and got rebaptized at, at 25 years old. And um, and so I've been a Christian since I was five, <clears throat> but um, uh, like I said, got rebaptized at 25 and and um, it's been a great experience uh, getting to, to see all different types of religions and denominations, but definitely feel like um, uh, I'm at home now in the Baptist Church and, and feel really comfortable with that decision.
0: Thinking back to your to your first job there as a marketing assistant at LSU and then climbing from director of marketing at Houston to assistant AD of major gifts at Arizona to become the associate AD at New Mexico. What emotion arises as you reflect on those first six to seven years of your career?
2: Oh man, such great times. Um, So much fun. You know, I, I have bounced around it basically every three to four years over the last 15 years when I started at LSU in 2005. And first off, I have a very loving and understanding wife that's willing to move around the country with me and help me follow my dreams. But Man, so many wonderful people and friendships and churches and, and just experiences getting to live in a place like Tucson, Arizona and Albuquerque, New Mexico. Um, so many great times, you know, uh, Houston, Arizona, New Mexico, we didn't have kids, um, uh, until we moved to, to New Mexico. And so a lot of great memories of just my wife and I getting to lay the foundation for our marriage and getting to travel and, and do cool stuff. And then really from Albuquerque on, it's been about our kids. Um, she was six months pregnant when we started at New Mexico, and um, sometimes you forget what life was like before kids. And uh, we've had just a really cool experience ever since then with our two boys, Landon and Luke. Landon is now nine, and Luke is now six. And um, I've been blessed to be able to give them some pretty cool experiences, get to meet different people, and experience different parts of the country as well. So, lots of great memories, man. Uh, super, super blessed.
0: What were you intentionally doing? through all that process uh, to grow yourself as a leader, to be prepared to be a senior level AD? You know,
2: <clears throat> I'm not that smart and, and I tried to find a lot of really good mentors that, that could give me advice. I, I tried to read a lot. I hate reading, but I just kind of forced myself to do it. Um, and and I, I feel like over the years, I've really grown to be, to make things less about me and more about other people. Um, the theme of my high school straight Jesuit uh, was to be a man for others, be men for others. I never really, I never really lived that out or understood that. But now that I think about it, like that's that's what I want to be as I've grown through in my career and, and try to develop as a leader. I want to be a, about other people and, and pour into other people's lives and
0: not make make things about me, but make things about them. And. I did want to get into your role there with, with 80s for Christ. But before that you, you were serving on a board since 2008, you know, with FCA big brothers, big sisters United way, but what led you in your twenties to be thinking about volunteering in that way?
2: Um, you know, I just think it's important to get involved with your community and to build relationships and to, to make friends and, and connections to people outside of work. Um, so that was just always a way for me to try to, develop friendships and, and expand my network outside of the college campus that I worked on and, and also a way to give back. I love FCA, I love United Way and Big Brothers, Big Sisters. I'm passionate about those ministries. I think they do great work. And so uh, I was flattered that they would even ask me to be involved and 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 I just tried to do my best to serve it. And so that that was a fun experience. And and then being a board member has helped me be able to to manage My board now for 80s for Christ to work closely with them. So uh, it was a great experience to get that in in my 20s and and something that I try to continue to do moving forward.
0: And for those not familiar with 80s for Christ, can you just tell us that story of how it got started and what's happened? I'd love to.
2: I'd love to. Um, And God is so good, isn't he? And just thinking back on our our ministry and how it came into being. um, So I left New Mexico in um, in 2014. um to become the athletic director at abilene christian university i was 33 years old i had no idea what the heck i was doing and was totally unprepared for the job and um i met a guy named jay jacobs who was the ad at auburn and and he loved the lord and i heard him speak and i just felt like god was moving in my spirit to reach out to him Um, and so i i went up to him after he spoke and i just said hey will you mentor me and he said, yeah, absolutely. And, and we started having monthly calls. And, and about a year later, he was like, man, Lee, this is awesome. I want to do this with more people. How can we do this? And I said, well, uh, my friend Tommy McClellan and I have been talking about this for years. You know, Jay, if you, if you just promise me you'll show up, I'll put together an event and get people there from all over the country to come and we can have some fellowship. So he said he would. And in and, and 30 days, we put together this event in Dallas, Texas in 2017. Twenty people from all over the country showed up, and we got together in faith and fellowship and worship together and learned together and prayed together. And we knew that something we were onto something really special because there's really been a need, a, a gaping hole in the world of college athletics um, that needed to be filled, where you know you could have a, a, a gathering place for believers that work in college sports specifically in, in athletic administration. And there's a lot of ministries for athletes, a lot of ministries for coaches, but no, no ministries for ADs and, and administrators. And there's an expression that I heard a long time ago, that, you know, it's lonely at the top. And I remember being an ACU and having to fire coaches and having to have difficult conversations. And I, I didn't know who to call or who to talk to or who to pray with. And mm-hmm. Jay was such a huge resource in, in, in my life at that point. And so I wanted to build a network of believers in college athletics that could call each other, that could pray together, that could help each other, that could encourage each other. And that's how 80s for Christ was born. And You know, three years later, we had moved the event to Nashville, and we went from having 20 people at our event to having 85. And last year, we had to do it virtually because of COVID. but We had over 200 attendees, and it was really awesome. And... Uh, God's moving, man. He's up to something, and you know, we have a board meeting tomorrow to kind of talk about the future of our ministry and where we're headed. And I really don't know. I mean, it's, I think God has an even bigger vision for it than I did, and, and that we did as, as we started this thing. So, just trying to be obedient and hear His voice and and listen to what He's trying to tell us, and hopefully we can be a blessing to to people throughout the industry.
0: Going back to you starting that, what um, did you have any? any fears of, you know, I have this idea. I want to start this ministry. Did you think, oh, that's for somebody else? Or was it pretty clear? This is for me. This is my baby. This is what I need to get started.
2: Um, so, so throughout my life, I feel like God has, um, called me to, to start stuff. Um, you know, at AM, I started the soccer team Bible study when I was playing the club soccer team and I was the newest player on the team. And I was like, why why me, God? You know, but I felt like I had to do it at, at Notre Dame. I started a, a Christian rock concert called Faith Rocks to kind of show people how cool, you know, Christian music can be and, and um, how powerful it can be. And so I I knew <laughs> that it was going to have to be me to, 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 to kickstart it, but I just. I didn't think i had a, enough clout or connections in this industry and i needed someone like jay that could give us credibility um because i was just the ad at Avalon christian a small division fcs school in west texas um and so you know i i knew that the guy was going to use me to to do something but um i felt like we needed some bigger name people to be involved and in, and in, in jay has been awesome i mean he's been with me the whole time and We you know we talked this morning and we constantly talk and and guys like him and Tommy McClellan at at Vanderbilt Now used to be at LaTeX, Mike Hamilton, who is the AD at at Tennessee. You know, there's just a lot of really awesome people that are involved. Eric Wood, the new AD at at La Tech, Brent Jones, the AD at Troy. I mean, there's just incredible uh, men and women of God that are involved with this ministry. Adrian Sweeney, the, the deputy AD at UConn. I mean, it's all over the country from, from California to Connecticut to Florida. Um, people wanna get involved with, with, with what God's doing in our ministry and it's, it's exciting. I'm, I'm just so humbled and, uh, that God uh, allows me to get to be a small part of it.
0: It really is encouraging for me from a distance to be watching through Twitter and following some of these ADs to see these guys uh, at big schools um, leading, leading for Christ, that they love the Lord, and um, yeah. and their influence these departments. So really cool, cool. and just one thinking I'll about. Say that, go ahead.
2: One thing I say that I hope is an encouragement is our our database of uh, assistant, associate, senior associate, deputy, and NADs that love the Lord all over the country that are part of our ministry is uh, up to three hundred and fifty people. You know, and I just I hope that encourages somebody out there to be like, man, I'm, I'm not alone in this, mm. and there's a, a network of men and women uh, with the same priorities and, and, um, intentions as, as, as you, you know, so it's pretty cool, man. It's powerful. There's strength in numbers. Amen.
0: Mm -hmm. That is, that is so good to know that there's gotta be out of the, that big number that there's gotta be a friend or a mentor there to help guide through those processes. But as I look at it from a distance, it seems so taxing and stressful and just seems like this grind there at the top. Um, but just from your perspective, do you think it's possible to, to be an AD at an Auburn or a Florida and maintain healthy rhythms in your life, maintain good relationships, and still fulfill yeah. the demands of the job?
2: I do think that's possible. And, and the guy who does it the best, in my opinion, is Mitch Barnhart. Mitch is an unbelievable man of God at Kentucky. And he's just got it figured out, man. I just see him and I watch him. I'm like, man, there's he just knows what he's doing. And, and for me, being an AD did not, did not come naturally. I feel like I really had to work at it. But there's some people that just – it just comes so natural for them ren baker at north texas was talking to him yesterday and just think he's a great example as well And those guys just um they exude jesus even though they're at public schools but just the way that they carry themselves and the way that they treat people and love people and pour into them um, so absolutely it can be done jay did it for a long time over a decade at auburn and, and um, at the highest level and really made an impact on a lot of people's lives and um, I just think that, that yes, it can be done, but you got to be intentional. You have got to carve out ways, carve out time, excuse me, and make ways to prioritize your faith and to be bold for Jesus um, and to make him a priority in the middle of the chaos. So it can be done, but it's hard. You're right.
0: And thinking back on your journey there to to be 33 years old, sitting in the seat of athletic director, um, what set you apart? To, to get that role, you know, as there's probably multiple qualified candidates. Um, what do you think was special uh, about you to, to move into that role? I think I was just at the
2: right place at the right time and, and super blessed that they, that they believed in me, maybe even more than I believed in myself. I, I didn't think I was quite ready to be an AD yet, but they saw something in me and, and I'm grateful for that. Um, you know, Abilene Christian was new to division one. They were transitioning from D2 to D1. Um, they were building a new football stadium they needed to raise money they needed someone that was relational. They needed someone that uh, loved the Lord and, you know, could, could be a spiritual leader, could speak at chapel and lead Bible studies and stuff like that. And, um, and, and so, you know, I was from Texas. Um, I was comfortable with my faith and being a spiritual leader. I had some, some background in that. And, uh, and I was a fundraiser. I, had, I had shown the ability that I, to, to raise some funds at, at New Mexico and Arizona. And so I, I just think those three things, um, you know, being having ties to Texas, uh, being being comfortable being a spiritual leader and being a fundraiser was helpful to, to them. And, and hopefully I did a good job there for um, three and a half, four years. And um, I know it made a huge impact on my life and, and I loved the people there. Um, and being an AD was, you know, was such a blessing. It was, I felt like I was doing exactly what God created me to do and hope to be the an 80 again one day, uh, but, but right now it's just not the time. I'm still trying to learn and trying to grow and try to be mentored. Um, so I can hopefully be prepared whenever that opportunity
0: comes again. And what habits do you have in place, um, uh, you know, at this time to, to stay close to God and, um, keep leading well.
2: I like to run Chad
0: and, uh,
2: I probably run three, or four times a week. And I used to always run with music and um headphones in but i started just running with no headphones or anything and just allowing that to be my time with god to really spend time with him and try to hear his voice um so i do that a lot um you know i I try to to do my quiet time every morning i read jesus calling and then and then i the devotional from jesus calling and then i try to read some of those um verses at the bottom of each page and uh I'm really because I'm, I'm such a people person and so extroverted. I like to do small groups and stuff like that. So I have an 80s for Christ small group, and then I have a men's group here in Lafayette that I lead, and we're reading a book by Mark Batterson called "Chase the Lion." Love that book. So, yeah, I love stuff like that. Just small groups, uh, you know, accountability partners, Bible studies, you know, just surrounding myself with other. Um, you know, Christ-like individuals that, that can inspire and encourage and sharpen me. Um, and then my wife's awesome, you know, Lacey and I try to pray together and, and um, share with each other what we're learning in our Bible studies. And, and so she she helps uh, helps me grow spiritually as well. And it's been a huge uh, blessing in my life in that regard.
0: I think it's really, really cool how different people relate to God in different ways. Uh, for me, I'm a little more introverted and I remember hearing an interview from you. And one of the first things you said was, I love people. And a couple of people in my small group were talking about the coronavirus and how the introverts were like, hey, we could do this for forever. And the <laughs> extroverts are like, get me out of here. Yeah. And uh, but I, that really struck me that as a Christian, I want to have that, that mindset as you. Was, I love people. I got to be around people. I got to be out serving. And just for you to take a moment from your seat at an administration to think about the coaches listening to this call. Um, how how would you counsel them in approaching their their relationship to their athletic director? Is there anything that that you really appreciated out of your coaches that they were doing there at ACU?
2: Yeah, and I, I I'm lucky to be a sports supervisor here at UL, so I work with our golf coach here and, and nice. So I can shed some light on that too. But, you know, I think coaches, you know, they're, they're so busy and they're they're so. Um, Um, inundated with demands on their time and requests for their time Um, you know I really enjoy just being with coaches and like getting them out of their little bubble and and talking about other stuff so once a semester I would force the coaches basically to to go grab lunch with me off campus or or go grab breakfast and I would get us out of our offices and just spend time together and you talk about life and what was going on. And I just think that's important. They just get so consumed with their sport and their team um, that, you know, I would encourage the coaches out there to to try to find time to take a step back and, um, you know, build relationships with their AD. You know, I think sometimes ADs can be um, intimidating and they don't want to be, you know, we want to have relationships with our uh, coaches and staff and you know i always appreciated those coaches that like when i was around they weren't on pins and needles like oh my gosh do i need to be you know the principal is coming by my classroom and i got to be on my best behavior now like i just i wanted them to like be themselves and and show me you know how they are on a uh, normal day and so if i came by practice or if i stopped by the office you know, you don't have to put on a show, put on a front. I just wanted to kind of see them in their world. And, and I I liked it when they let me in, you know, we could talk about the depth chart or talk about practice or talk about their, their upcoming trip. And it wasn't because I wanted to give my opinion. I just wanted to show that I was interested and that I cared and that, um, I was paying attention, you know? And so, um, I think coaches, you know, don't, don't be intimidated by your AD. Don't, don't try to put on some kind of front or some kind of show, just be authentic and be genuine be real and and take an interest in their life too. I mean, I think coaches and ADs have a lot in common, but sometimes they don't, they don't talk about it much. Mm. Um, I think ADs and coaches can, can really uh, encourage each other and, and um, support each other. Cause like I said earlier, it's lonely at the top. And when you're the one that has to make decisions and, the buck stops with you, you know, sometimes that that's hard. And so, you know, just having other people that can relate to that is it can be um, encouraging to people. So open the lines of communication, you know, don't go. I, I one thing I will say this, and, and I hope I'm not being too blunt. I hated coaches that when their season started, it's like they wanted to be left alone mm. and you had to like shut off communication. That that drove me crazy. Like, I know you're busy. I know you got a lot of pressure I know you're trying to focus but that doesn't mean we can't still communicate. Yeah. That doesn't mean we can't still interact, you know? Like I I just that bothered me when coaches took such a okay, we can be friends outside of the season. We can have a conversation and go to lunch when when I'm not in season. But man, when the season starts, leave me alone. I'll see you in 3 months. Like, no, no, that's not really how it should work. Um we've got to maintain a relationship and maintain communication and um maintain a conversation um because you know great relationships don't hit the pause button for three months you know yeah they're going and, and they're continual and so um that would just kind of be some of my feedback
0: it's really good insight and and for me i'm i'm a coach and an assistant athletic director here at my small nai school and some days i have one hat some days i have the other but my coach hat i think is tough thinking about um the, the things that we, we have to, to juggle, you know, you're trying to juggle the winning, you're trying to juggle the recruiting, you're handling budgets, you're oh, yeah. trying to invest in people's lives. But um, I'm, I've thought about what would it be like if, if Jesus was my athletic director? I don't, I don't know if you've ever thought through that, but could you shed any insight on if Jesus was an athletic director? What do you think he would emphasize?
2: I think he would emphasize relationships. I think he would emphasize discipleship. And, and mentoring of his coaches and his staff you know honestly that was hard for me at acu because i was so much younger than our coaches
0: mm.
2: you know and I, I was still trying to figure out like how do i um love and encourage them but also mentor them and, and advise them because uh, that's those are the great ad's out there that um that they make their coaches better and um I remember I had one coach that you know I was ready to fire and, and move on. And my president really challenged me. He was like, No, instead of firing, why don't you see if you can show me how good of a leader you are and, and see if you can help turn it around and you can get involved and, and help that coach grow because they need mentorship. And so uh, I think that's what Jesus do would, would love, encourage, but also disciple and 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 mentor his coaches and, and try to be as accessible and available as possible.
0: Really powerful and so enjoyed uh, this conversation. I wish we could uh, just go for for another few hours, but um, I just want to be respectful of your time and just want to ask to close this out on, how can we be praying for you?
2: Well, uh, thank you for asking. Um, Would love to pray for my sister. We're having some um, tough family, um, a tough family situation that we're going through right now. Uh, pray for ADs for Christ in, in our ministry and the direction of our ministry that, that we will be obedient to what God has in store for us and how he wants to use us to make an
0: impact on this industry. Well, let's pray right now. King Jesus, we just bow down before you and we're thankful for this day. Uh, thank you so much for this conversation with Lee um thank you so much for using him in, in so many powerful ways and in, in all these different people's lives uh, right now we just lift up his sister we just pray god that, that you would use him to uh, just be there for her that he could speak truth into her life and and show her the love of christ in this tough time and god we we uh, praise you for everything that's happened with 80s for christ thanks for uh, lee's leadership in that and just pray that you'll continue to bless it that they could uh, extend their reach. and uh, and impact more ADs. Who are going to impact more people uh, for eternity. Um, Pray for Lee as he heads home. uh, Just bless him as he goes home to be the best father and and husband he can be. And pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Chad, I didn't know I was going to relate to Lee as much as I did. Um, He was raised Catholic just like me, and uh, became a Christian later in life because of his wife, and I did the same thing um, when I came to Liberty. I was raised in a Catholic family with good morals. Uh, used to go to church five times a year, tops, um, but once I got to Liberty, my wife Meredith started taking me to, to church, and I got saved my freshman year here at Liberty. She was a big part. You were a big part of that transition and transformation as well, um, but Lee was just such an inspiring person to listen from uh, today. Um, and then, you know, just the story of how ADs for Christ started and how much it's been bloomed since, since he, um, he started it and how much of a support group it is for ADs all over the country, from Connecticut to Florida to California, um, to have a place where they can be vulnerable and they can learn about God and, and God's plan for their lives together.
0: Yeah, and, and I think this has been so encouraging. We have a list of, of at least a hundred people on our Google Doc of potential Christian coaches or influencers to to reach out to. And I think just seeing more and more that there's this coach over there, there's this strength and condition coach up there, there's this AD over there. That there's just so many undercover uh, missionaries and, and Christians just living out the gospel, and and they're area of expertise and passion. And, and Lee was just like that and uh, doing great, great things. We're so excited for him and 80s for Christ. And, and just like their ministry is, we would love for this to become a, a kind of a networking um, net mentoring tool. So if, if you are looking for a mentor, I'm sure any past guest or future guest would, would love just to, to connect through social media or their email and uh, just spend some time Um, helping you if you're looking for a friend or somebody to help guide you wherever you are but just remember coach uh, me and gene are here for you too if you need anything reach out to us personally Uh, but remember that the mission field is right where you're at